You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are connected to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. In this episode, we're talking about why Christians shouldn't live together before they get married. So this is something that's becoming more and more common in our culture, people who are living together prior to marriage. And so we want to talk about what the Bible has to say about this, how this connects into our relationship with Jesus, and how we as Christians should think about approaching marriage and whether or not we should live together. Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at CCC. We've got the rest of our leadership team, Zach Wyrock, Joe Coffey, and Stacey DiNardo. And our topic today is Christians and how we should think about living together before marriage. So uh, just a couple of things to throw out at the beginning. We, you know, we have a marriage application if somebody wants to get married through Christ Community Chapel. And so we know we have statistics that would tell us that a, a large percentage of, of even Christians who are looking to get married are beginning to live with each other prior to marriage. And so uh, we want to talk about this issue specifically, what the Bible has to say about it and how we as Christians should approach, uh, should approach this dynamic. That's where we're going to begin. Yeah, it's interesting because to me, the starting point of this conversation is what do you mean when you say Christian? That, so we say, why should Christians live? Why shouldn't they live together for marriage? I'd say, what do you mean by Christian? What is your definition of a Christian? Because historically, uh, the definition of a Christian would be someone who is trusting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, right? Someone who that believes Jesus lived in their place, died in their place, rose from the dead, on the basis of that, they can be accepted by God mm-hmm. and have now, as a response, surrendered their life to the authority of Jesus. So that their starting point for working through, obviously imperfectly, but their starting point of working through any moral issue is what does Jesus say? Mm-hmm. What does Jesus, through the authority of the scriptures, what does Jesus say? And if Jesus says to zig, I zig. If he says to zag, I zag. Or even when I don't, I acknowledge I am wrong. Right. I'm, I'm deficiently following Jesus. What is increasingly true in our culture, particularly with young people, is that they have formed a different definition of a Christian. And it means I think of myself as a Christian. I go to a Christian church. I grew up in a Christian home. I'd like to be married in a Christian church in so much as these things are true. And to me, that's the real divide is that I've never sat down with a couple that is living together and said, tell me about your relationship with Jesus and had them articulate a robust understanding of Jesus as Lord and Savior. Uh, I've never had that happen. Instead, what I pretty much quickly realize is we're using that term in different ways. And that's the device. I want people to understand that, young people, it's not about who you can sleep with or who you can't, where you can live, where you can't, practical, impractical. It's not about... What do you mean when you say Christian? That's the starting point of this conversation, because if we don't agree on that, well, we're not going to agree on any number of things, least of which is who you now, I can live hear, with. I can hear somebody saying, well, you know, Zach, are you saying that, uh, I mean, people who become Christians, they're still sinners? Uh, how is that different? Yeah, I use the word imperfectly, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we do. There is a difference. But there between, is a difference. Between yeah. sinning, repenting of that sin. Yeah. And saying, yeah, I know what Jesus says, and I'm going to do this instead. By the way, not only is there a difference, but I would say we deal differently with with couples that recognize that and couples that don't, right? right? So there are sometimes couples that, after I walk through what Jesus has said about this, will say, oh my goodness, we, we... 
we've got to do something different. Which is super refreshing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've done weddings for couples before where they have responded. We can talk about that at the end about options. And but uh, and it's amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's beautiful because what they're saying is, oh, we had an ignorance problem or we had a posture problem. and But we really do love Jesus and we do versus someone. And the, this is the way. The, let me tell you this metaphor makes sense. Imagine that I have a fight with my wife, okay, and I come to realize that I'm at, I'm at fault. One way of dealing with that is to say to her, wow, I really blew it here. What do I need to do to fix this? The other way is saying, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I'm going to keep doing what it is you're saying hurts you. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah. Well, well, one, acknowledges my imperfection, but seeks... And restores relationship. And- the other yeah. one is... Blatant and mm-hmm. and abusive and 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 vi- and violating her worth and right and so all the more when you apply it to God when yeah. a couple says yeah we don't really care we're gonna do we're gonna do this anyways we're gonna do it our way we're gonna that isn't being a sin- being a sinner in the sense that none of us are perfect that is saying Choosing. I couldn't care less about mm-hmm. Jesus in which case I go back to my first question what is it you mean when you say Christian because I don't think we mean the same thing. Okay, so what would you say um, to a couple who would come and meet with you and they were wanting to get married and they say, well, we're living together, uh, but we're not sleeping together. So what's the what's the big deal? What's the yeah. problem? <laughs> yeah, we get, well, there's a number of problems with that, that, right? Uh, so the, the first thing I would say is, I mean, again, the, the, the starting point I would say to them is, tell me where you are with Jesus. Yeah. Do you believe that what he wants for you is best? You know, Paul says in Romans 8, if God loves us enough that he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also give us all things? In other words, what would we not trust God with, right? We would trust God with with everything. So are you in a place where you would say, if Jesus says X is best for me, I believe X is best. That's my starting question. Because if they say no to that, then I'd say, okay, well, let's just, I don't even want to talk about who you live with, or I just want to talk about that. And I'll tell them the reason why I'm asking you that is because we're not a courthouse. We don't just do weddings Mm-mm. so that you go from not married to married. We we want to facilitate a marriage which will be for God's glory and for your good, right? We want to we we do marriages or do weddings that in such a way that it brings glory to God, which can't happen if we don't even agree on who God is or or what He wants. So that that's where I would start with them. If they said, "Yeah, we want what Jesus wants. What what does yeah. Jesus say about this?" Then and they would say, "Maybe we're trying to pursue that by the fact that you know we live we live with each other, but we're not having sex. We are, yeah. you know, we're maintaining that part of our relationship. So, mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. the argument?" And that's well, that's better than that's better than the other. Yeah, right. I mean, there's still wisdom. Yeah, I mean, we get plenty of why, why are you not sleeping mm-hmm. together? You know, and if that answer corresponds to what. Zach is saying what they said because Jesus is Lord and Jesus says no, then I would say, okay, well, let, let's, I mean, this is a detail now. It's not, I mean, it just makes sense. You're going to remove yourself from the house for a certain amount of time till you get married. I, I don't know why somebody is living together. Well, I think that, I think that's Economics. the thing. Economics, yeah, yeah. yeah. Prag- financial. That, that's Pragmatism. where I would start is to say that um, pr- just, and I would actually as their pastor and probably older than them, I would say, hey, one thing I just start off with is if you make decisions in life purely on what's pragmatic, you're going to get yourself into a lot of trouble yeah. in, a, in a lot of areas. 
But Jesus says the whole law boils down to this. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So anytime that the Bible tells us something is wrong, it's wrong for one or both of these reasons. It is unloving to God, or it is unloving to your neighbor, or both, right? Oftentimes, both, right? So what I would say is, the, the, the better question to ask is, in what way would the Bible say that you're living together, regardless of, of sex, that you're living together, is unloving to God or unloving to your neighbor? And I think the answer to that is, is, is twofold, because there's two commands. One is, anytime we refuse to start with God, God, what, what I call this the birthday rule. If it was Jimmy's birthday and we were all going to ha- spend the day together, because what else would Jimmy want to do on his birthday? <laughs> we would start by saying, Jimmy, what do you want to do today? What do you want to do today, Jimmy? Because it's your birthday. That's how we honor you on your birthday. Every day is God's birthday. Right? That's what it means to be a Christian, is to recognize that the whole universe is, is about God. It's about his glory. Now, and God in his infinite kindness and mercy yeah. has married his glory and our good so that whatever brings him glory is ultimately for our good. That's incredible and mind-blowing. But, but the right perspective is to say, what brings the most glory to God? And the answer to that is, before we address any issue, we start with God. What have you said? What do you want? And God lays out very clearly in the book of Genesis when he gives Adam and Eve to each other that this is the rhythm he wants. A man leaves his family, a woman leaves her family, and they become one in the act of marriage. That's God's design. What we're doing is baby-stepping the oneness. And God says, you can't baby-step it. By the way, that's the key to why it's unloving to your neighbor, because you're trying each other out. All right? And I, I just, like, if you're listening to this podcast and you're living to get together, and maybe you're do it individually, let me just challenge you with this 15 years of marriage, or 15 years of marriage, 15 years of pastoral ministry. Every couple I've ever sat down, I've had this conversation a lot over the course of my career, every couple I've ever sat down with, I have said to them, I'll tell you what, I can marry you right now. I'll marry you right now. Here in my office. And every time they they blink and say, well, you know, uh, and I say, that's why you shouldn't be living together. That's exactly why, because you are trying. No, 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 we love each other. No, yeah, but your reluctance to commit. I just preached on this. It's transactional love versus covenantal love. I will stay in relationship with you right now because you check all my boxes, but I want to keep my options open for the future just in case. What God says is good for us is when we run to, not walk to, run to covenantal love. I will love you no matter what. Your unwillingness to say that is an act of mistrust in God, but it's also an act, I don't mean overtly, consciously, but it's an act of using each other. It is transactional love. And God says transactional love will destroy us. Yeah, and and trying out is different. I mean, it's completely different. No doubt. It's a different... um, I I just listened to uh, I was watching a clip with Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson is somebody who is not a Christian, mm-hmm. but is uh, wildly bright and he's uh, all into research and everything. And he was talking about why cohabitation uh, results uh, in more divorce. And he says it seems counterintuitive because people say uh, you should test drive a car. And then Jordan Peterson, if you know him in his inimitable Canadian way. <laughs> said the thing that people don't realize is that a woman is not a car. And I thought that was just a great, it's a, like a drop the mic yeah. like statement because, and that's what uh, God is the one who knows what how human beings are hardwired and what we are like. And all the research, what Jordan Peterson would say is all the research shows that living together 
uh, does damage to a relationship. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, and think about it this way. Think about it this way. If you were living with someone, and even culturally, and they were to get in a car accident and be a paraplegic, everyone would say, culturally, well, you're not. You're I mean, not fit for that. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. you're not obligated to, you know, to do that. If you're married oh, yeah. and you walk away, everybody would say you're a monster. Because we recognize right. the difference, difference between right. transactional love and covenantal love. And since you don't know what the future holds for you, and that's the thing, when couples say, well, we're living together and we're not having sex. So first thing I would say about that is, if that's true, I wonder about the health of your relationship. Well, that in what you said, too, about loving your neighbor, I think if, if, if I was leaving a this could be weird, but if I was leaving a woman's house in the morning who's not my wife, people would assume right you're sleeping together. that we were sleeping together. Yeah. yeah. So if you're if you're going to love your neighbors, like your literal point neighbors, them to right? yeah. who God is. you're going to point them to who God right. is, right? Then mm-hmm. you're giving you you, know, you can't come out of the house every day and say we didn't do it. Yeah, you know, we're not having sex. You just yeah. want to make that clear. Well, but the other thing is it reduces God's command. It, when someone says that to me, what I, what I say to them is, is, here's what you don't understand. You think that God is arbitrary in his rules. Hey, God, we're living together, but we're not having sex. And I know that's the rule, and we're not breaking the rule. When actually what you don't understand is God is giving you a whole new way of thinking about life. Right. God isn't interested in whether or not you're having sex fundamentally. He's interested in whether you're loving transactionally or covenantally. And what God has said is sex is incredibly powerful. He knows, by the way, because he made it. It's his idea. And he's saying it's only safe in the context of of covenantal love. It's not safe in the context of transactional love. So when you say, well, we're living together, but we're not having sex, you're saying to God, I'm rejecting you, but not in every way. Well, that is rejection, right? You're treating it as though God's just up in heaven throwing darts at the wall. One dart lands on, don't have sex. And he goes, okay, that's the rule. Tell them that's the rule. Versus God saying, no, I have a whole different version of, and by the way, by the way, the whole essence of becoming a Christian is recognizing that your version of life produced only death. And that God in his grace and mercy rescued you from that version of life and gave you a whole new vision of life in Jesus so, so that's Paul's whole point time and time again in the New Testament. We'll say is why would you go from, from, from this new vision back to the old way of thinking about things? And, and so God has rescued us from transactional love and, and produced in us our new life based out of covenantal love and is calling us to love covenantally. And so a partial rejection of that is a rejection of that. It doesn't matter if you're, you're having sex or not. And you go back to God, what God's desire is uh, the very best thing for you, and to trust that. You know, I'm, I'm going to be preaching in a couple of weeks, and it's uh, about returning to the relationship that we had in the garden, what, what real freedom was. And real freedom for a human being happens when you are the delight of God's eyes, and you feel his delight, and you trust him, right? That was the only time where human beings were really free. That's what the gospel offers, and that's what God is always trying to offer us the, his delight again because of Jesus. And then because of Jesus and what Jesus has done for us, we can trust him. The more we do that, the more freedom and life we'll have. The less we do it, the less freedom and life we'll have. Should we just quickly talk practically about if you are living together and you are a Christian and you are yeah, saying, I want to trust Jesus, what do we, where do I go from here? What do I do? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I, I would say, like every time I talk to a couple about this, I, I start off just by saying, hey, listen, uh, you came in here today living together, and you're going to go home from this conversation living together. 
I don't expect you to make a quick decision. I don't expect you to make a sudden decision. I'm, I, I want you to think about this. I want you to wrestle with this because what I'm going to argue with you is a really big concept because if you don't understand the, if you just say, well, fine, we'll move out, but you don't understand the concept, then you will do this same thing mm-hmm. as it relates to your money, as it relates to your career, as it relates to your children, as it, so, you know, first, I just want you to wrestle with this concept of God as a totally different way of, of, of thinking. And I want you to recognize the irony of you're asking me to do a wedding where I will say, what a great thing it is to celebrate that you guys are getting married and asking God to bless when you clearly don't care about his blessing right now. And just recognize the irony of that from my perspective. So the first thing I would just say is if you're living together is you just have to wrestle with the things we're saying. Who is God? What does it mean to be a Christian? Do you trust him? Do you think he wants what's best for you? Because I got to tell you, if you don't, if the answer to any of those questions is no, you have bigger problems than who you're living with. I mean, I, I'm shocked by how many young people who I meet who believe they're they're basing their entire eternal destiny on the idea that they can trust Jesus to have come through for them. But when it comes to sex, they think he wants the worst for them, right? That's illogical and inconsistent. Who is Jesus? What do you really believe about him? That's the starting point. The starting point is not Christ Community Chapel wants me to stop living with my boyfriend, stop living with my girlfriend. Who is Jesus? What do you think it means to follow Jesus? Start. I would have that conversation, even with, first with yourself, but then even with each other. Hey, what do we mean by this? What, what does this mean to us? That's where I would start. So then let's say they get to the point of saying, all right, we have wrestled, we agree, we, we see Jesus the way you see him. What kind of advice would you give them? Like, what are the options? Get married now? Well, yeah, yeah, until you get married. Them, I think we'd give them a few options. One would be if they can find a way to move out. And they, most people can if yeah. they want to. Um, but, the, you know, what, what I do is what Zach said. I'm, I'll say, listen, you bring a marriage license in tomorrow, and, and until you bring a marriage license in, do not have sex. You can stay with me, whatever. Bring a marriage license in. I'll marry you in my office. Then your wedding will be a celebration of your obedience to Christ, yeah. and it'll be a great witness to everybody who's there if you want to do it like that. But I, but we always give them options. Yeah. I, I would just say I would also encourage them to have a really honest conversation with each other because in any relationship, especially marriage, you're going to have to be able to communicate honestly. By the yeah. way, we have a whole class on this at the church yep. called Exploring Marriage. Uh, and it, it would be perfectly fine for a couple living together to take Exploring Marriage and wrestle with these questions. But... The other thing I would say is you need to have an honest conversation with each other about why you're not currently married. Yeah. 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 Because there are reasons. And whether it's fear, whether it's insecurity, whether it's pragmatism, or whether it's you're not sure and you're not saying that, but you're, uh, you got to have that conversation because those things matter. You got to bring those things with you. Even if, even if you're willing to get married right now, yeah. I want you to have that conversation so that we can. Bring that out into the light and deal with that, or you can really yeah, as a couple. And you and I have both had conversations with couples where you can, as soon as you ask that, as soon as you, you know, you one say, is ready. Yeah, one yeah. of them yeah. is not. And, yes, and I'll be honest, with you, it's typically like, the guy. Yep, it's typically the woman who's saying, "Okay, yeah," and the guy's going, "No chance, I'm not getting." And I will always say, "You need to have that. You, you guys, you guys need to talk. You, you need to talk on why that is, and that's uncomfortable. But my goodness, the only thing more uncomfortable is wasting another yeah, yeah. five years of your life with someone who wants to love you transactionally. I mean, part of this is God's vision for your life is is bigger than yours because God knows your value, and maybe you don't. You think you're only worth transactional love, and God 
knows your, your worth covenantal love. That's the kind of love he has for yep. you. It's the kind of love he wants for you with other people. So yeah, the options are you can move out and wait. Uh, you can get married right away, have a ceremony. You can have your full ceremony, move out long enough to put one together. Again, part of it is tied into this wedding culture and you yeah. got to spend $20,000 on a wedding. And, you know, so you might just set yourself free from that. It is funny to me how many couples I meet and I think they lead with pragmatism. I think there's more going on. That's kind of the argument I've been making, but we'll say, well, we just don't want to get married until we have X number of dollars in the bank or, and, and, and I'm sad for that because it used to be, I think a lot of us, I know this would be my story is I got married and then grew up in marriage through marriage and there seems to be this idea that, no, I really have to have my stuff the together finished product. Yeah, before. Definitely. And I just got to tell think you, I think marriage is going to kick your butt if that's the mindset you bring in. I need to own a house before I get yeah. married. Because no matter when you get married, you're going you're gonna to grow up a lot more than you, you currently are in terms of your selfishness and your, your self-awareness. So, yeah. But there are a lot of options. But the starting point is saying, I'm going to take Jesus seriously. And then saying, in light of that, what do I do next? You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.